Hello everyone. So once again, a fascinating new episode of Manage Better, and I'm so glad to be here. And today's topic is extremely special for me. It's a lifetime passion of mine to make lists. And those who know me know me that you know they they often find me with a small pocket book and a pen and um, uh, make my notes. So this is a topic that I've been uh, trying to explore. And like many of you, I have a lot to do. of course grateful that we you know we have a lot to do in these times and but there are often times that we are frustrated at least i am that i can't get it all done and i have i often know what to i have the i have the knowledge of what to do you know and everything is ready but i can't get it done and i'm sure you know that feeling right often in these situations the only way to move forward is to make a list and get going right but it is never that simple with our jobs becoming and and you know work that we do Uh, if you are consulting or, or, or you know nine to five job, no job is nine to five these days. But if you are in a job uh, or a consultant, author, or anybody else, you know, just making a list is sometimes not enough. There's much more to it, and and there is you know probably a science or an art around it. And sometimes we make multiple lists. Sometimes we mix up the lists, and it's never useful, right? So. i have been grappling with this problem and and some weeks ago maybe some months ago actually i i tried to explore this topic and i came across a fantastic author and show producer on um, linkedin and then we started chatting and at, at some point i felt that this was the perfect guest for my show right so friends i am anshuman tiwari of course uh, and this is my show manage better i believe um, that we all can get better we can manage better we wherever we are whatever situation we land in life we of course can't control the situation but we can definitely control where we are going right so that is my um, channel as well my guest today is a globally acclaimed productivity coach and uh, her weapon of choice is lists and and that brings us together she has written two best sellers on uh, uh, called listful thinking and listful living she's also a creator of a list website listproducer.com and has some outstanding courses on linkedin so now uh, it is my pleasure to bring paula rizzo into the stream hi paula thanks so, for having me i've never heard anyone call my list my weapon of choice so i love that i'm going to use that from now on so yeah so you have full copyright you know by it's not often that you speak to a emmy award winning uh, guest so so this is a little bit of a fan moment as well paula the and i have been following your work on linkedin and other channels so you know it's it's, it's great to be there the uh, so friends you know the, what of course attracted me uh, to to her work is the is the work around list but she has multiple other uh, talents and the foremost of that is been a tv producer for several years uh, over two decades produced shows for top experts like jj virgin jillian michaels and uh, and deepak chopra She is also the co-creator of Lights Camera Expert, an online course geared towards helping entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Her book, Listful Thinking, was translated into twelve languages. Yes, a book on lists can be translated into twelve languages. She was yeah. featured on Fox News, Fox Business, The Works, right? And the most impressive one was, of course, making it to Oprah.com's uh, self books, uh, help books that actually help. So I have this pleasure. Welcome, Paula, and to kick off the show, any opening comments from you? 
I love lists. Lists have changed my life and I'm thrilled to be able to talk to them to whoever will listen because it really does make a big difference both professionally and personally. And it's something that I learned as a TV producer for years really made me efficient and really helped me to work on deadlines because in television news, you have quick deadlines and you've got to do what you've got to do, you know, in that amount of time. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to make it in TV news. It's just not going to happen. So I realized very quickly on that, that the lists were really the way to do it. And I wasn't using them as much at home Mm. because you know how it is when you do something efficiently at work, you don't want to really do the same thing at home because it feels like work. And then I started to notice that things were falling through the cracks. I was forgetting things. I wasn't as efficient. I wasn't as good, you know, at keeping track of things. And the missing link there was really the list. And it it became really apparent to me when my husband and I were looking for an apartment in New York City years ago. And I would walk into these apartments and get completely, totally distracted and not know what I was looking at. I would leave and say, were there were there closets in that room or, you know, where was and I wouldn't know anything. And I said, you know what, I need to do this the way that I would shoot at work. You know, as a TV producer, not only did I work in the studio, but I also worked in the field. So I would go out in the field and interview people and I would have a list of all the questions I wanted to ask. I'd have a list of every shot I needed to get before I came back to, you know, the station. and you know, it's not that I didn't know what I was doing. Obviously, I've been a producer for a very long time. I know what is expected, but distractions happen and things pop up and you want to be able to have that list there in whatever form, checklist, to-do list, to be able to really help to support you to do the best job that you can do, whether that be at work or looking for an apartment or, you know, whatever the task may be, lists can really help to support you. That's awesome. I think I think the, that itself um, is a is a summary of what lists can do. Mm-hmm. So so thanks, Paula, for the for the kickoff. So let's get into the question. <laughs> so we all want to get things done on time, you know, but most of us struggle, right? I do. And add to this the issues around burnout and the you know the feeling that we could do more in work and in life. Uh, and more recently, even the World Health Organization, the WHO, has recognized burnout as a condition as well. In spite of all of us trying to do our best, we still land into this quote-unquote burnout condition. Even if we don't land into a burnout condition, we are pretty much uh, overworked. What right. lessons have you learned and, and, you know, about this burnout and you know, from your experience of having worked with several people on productivity and uh, so what really works? Yeah. Well, you know, now we're all working from home. People are are doing everything in the same spaces. I think it, the, the studies have shown that people are working three hours more at least per day. So just because you can, right? Because your computer is there. And so you're like, oh, let me just do this real quick. And then, you know, three hours later, you're still working on something. And this leads to burnout. If you don't give yourself some time to relax in between, your system's going to overheat, you know, it's like a computer. So to think of yourself in that way, to give yourself these micro little breaks uh, in between and really be intentional about how you set up your schedule and make sure that you actually are giving yourself some time off, even if it's not 
you know, going on vacation because no one's leaving their houses these days, but just a little time to yourself to read a book or to, you know, drink a cup of tea or give yourself a little bit of away from the computer time where it's a non-negotiable step away from what you're doing. Because otherwise you're so focused on that computer, on work, on everything else that you really don't give yourself that, that time to decompress. And that leads to chronic stress. You know, I think a lot of us have, have felt that before we're at the end of the day, you're like, oh gosh, I did so many things and I feel like I didn't do anything and I just feel stressed out for the next day. So I don't want that to happen to people. I have seen, you know, in my work as a health journalist for years, what stress will do to your body, you know, body, mind, and soul, it will break you down. So being able to give yourself permission to not always be going 100 miles per hour is, is really, you know, something that you should. It's a gift that you give yourself and, and thinking of ways to incorporate self-care into your into your life in a way that works for you. I think the word self-care is so overused and just it's a buzzword these days. But the, the element that I, I want people to get away from it is that it can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be a week-long vacation. It doesn't have to be a massage for two hours. It can literally be sitting with a cup of tea for 15 minutes. It can be, you know, calling a friend that you haven't spoken to in a while or, you know, doing something that really charges you up and makes you regenerate. Yeah, I, I think I totally identify with this and I, I use a few phrases and one of the most common one I use is slow it down. So, mm. you know, and, and in, you know, one of the practices I use and might be useful to some of the uh, people on this, on this show is if I give a task to some of my team members, I often write down no rush, you know, this is, I'm okay with this coming next week. Because sometimes oh, right. then people assume that if you're writing an email now, they, you want it now it leads people to burnouts or, or uh, situations which you just described and, you know, so, yes. so that's you know. very mindful of you. I like that. I think more managers and you know more leaders should should be thinking that one step ahead, because you're right. As soon as you get that email from you know a, a client or superior or whatever, you're like, oh my gosh, that means they want it now. You put no. this thought in your mind when it might not even be that urgent, but you know you just. So I love that. But also, you know, maybe for the people receiving the emails, if they don't get that message, to say okay, when do you need this? Like, what is the real deadline so that you can really make sure you're managing expectations? Absolutely. And and I do this because I found that when you work across cultures and I have teams across the world, some cultures, you know, it is not acceptable to ask your boss or manager or leader uh, when do you need it. It, does, uh, it is right now. Not in America, <laughs> right? No. <laughs> it's a free-for-all over yeah. here. We ask whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so moving on, what is the Polarizo method of uh, making good lists and getting work done, you know, mm -hmm. uh, with yeah. somebody? Well, look, I I always tell people to only put the things that you have the time and the resources to do on your to-do list, because oftentimes people will put everything in the entire world that they would like to do, you know, for every part of their life. And that's just too much. It's too much for you to look at. I'm glad you have goals. I'm glad that you want to do big things in your life. But if we're talking about a to-do list, it needs to be really actionable. It needs to be very specific because that will set you up for success. So I make my list every night before I leave my desk. It is the last task that I do. 
I did this when I worked, you know, in corporate America, when I worked as a TV producer, and I do it now that I work for myself. And I find that it helps so much because first off, it's the closed down for the day. You know, it is that last thing that I do. It's that there's no more work going to be done. So I give that signal to myself, especially when people are working from home. It's important to have that boundary to be able to have something that you do to close the office for the day. Otherwise, you'll continue to work. So create that list every night before you leave your desk and think about the next day. I make daily lists. So I look to the next day and I say, okay, what are all the things that I do have the time and the resources to do? And even if it's just a little piece of a bigger project, that's okay. Oftentimes people will write, you know, write book or do something, you know, major that you're not going to do it in one day, but you could do one piece of that in one day. So put that down and then also be very mindful of time and how long does it actually take you to do tasks? Because this is something that is, you know, people are, are sort of not as good at as they could be. And look, you know, I spent almost 20 years as a TV producer. So I think about time differently than everyone else. I think in seconds. Most people mm. do not think in seconds, but I want you to start thinking at least in minutes to think about, okay, if I'm going to do this task, how long does it actually take me to do it versus what do I think it's going to take? Because there's two ends of the spectrum here. It either takes you way longer or way shorter. And so you've procrastinated something that literally would have taken you five minutes and you've been pushing it off for days. So to be able to really time yourself, I mean, that's the only way you're going to learn how to do it is to time yourself. I time myself all the time. I know it takes me exactly 10 minutes to do my makeup if I'm doing regular makeup. And then if I'm going to do a little bit more, I need a little bit extra time. So I know that so that if I have a call or something coming up, I know, okay, how much time do I have here? And that comes from my TV days because because you just, you know, you you look at time differently. A minute is an eternity if you know what to do with those 60 seconds. I love this concept, Paula, that we sometimes make a list, but don't think about what time or how much time each of those activities will take. And right. therefore, and I always keep saying that list is a list, yes, but not all tasks are equal. Mm -hmm. So there are, there is... Each task may have a certain priority in terms of time or, you know, how much it will take. And that's probably what you're explaining that be mindful yeah. of how much time it will take. Otherwise, um, you never get started. Going on in your new book, you know, the last one, the list for living, you talk about tapping into your own personal productivity style. So for all of us, what do you mean by that? What could be a personal productivity style and how do how does one go about figuring that out, right? So, you know, yes. just tips for our audience. I'm never going to tell you to become a morning person if you're not a morning person, because it will make you cranky and it won't actually make you more efficient. And I know because I have tried, I have tried to be a morning person because that is what, you know, all the productivity experts tell you that every CEO in the world does. And that's why they're so productive and whatever. No, you know what? The people who are most productive really tap into how they work best and they use that to their advantage. So throughout the day, today, tomorrow, this week, pay attention to yourself. You know, a lot of the things that I teach, a lot of things I talk about, I find are very close to meditation. You know, I'm, I'm a student of meditation. Obviously, I've, you know, interviewed Deepak Chopra many, many times. So he kind of got me interested in it years and years ago as a TV producer. But you can use those same principles for your list making and for your productivity to be able to just 
look at how you're working and look at what you what you're most productive doing at what time of the day. It's different for every single person. So for instance, you know, you might be more fired up to talk to people or to write or to do something social in the morning. Whereas mm. someone else, you know, needs a little time to to get, you know, comfortable doing that. And you know, for me, I don't like to get up super early in the morning. I do, but you know, I don't work right away. I take that time for myself. And what I do is I do yoga, I do some meditation, I read the newspaper, get myself situated on what's happening in the world, I drink my tea. You know, I do all of that before I do my first call. And I do that because I know that that's how I work best. If I just dive into work, I don't do anything else the rest of the day. And it's not the best use of my time in that way. So I know like in the afternoons, I'm more engaged. I want to talk more in, in the afternoons versus in the morning. So I put those tasks that I have to do in the afternoon. I stack the deck in my favor. I make sure that I'm putting things that I know I'll be good at on my schedule for those times of the day. But you have to notice yourself. You have to see what is, you know, when are you most um, excited to do certain things. So that's one part of it is to know when you work best and put those tasks there on your schedule. The other piece is, you know, there's so much of around us, your environment. How do you work best? Do you need music on? Do you like to, you know, be looking at nature? What are those factors that you could involve in, in your, you know, your office? Now you can design your office any way you want to if you're working from home. So what can you do to be able to make it more productive for you? And everybody's different. You just have to try it out and see what works for you. I I totally love this because, you know, uh, this is so close to saying that, you know, you don't have to be somebody else. Right? Right. And a lot, lot of us get into that trap when we uh, read a book or when we have a role model or uh, when we follow somebody. And I keep saying that the role model is for one part of them, you know, so it's not the whole person that you role yes. model because what works for them may have maybe based on their upbringing maybe based on the context their family their household their you know everything you know so you can't be them right so, yeah. so thanks thanks for i think reinforcing that Ola, and and it kind of gels with improving our personal productivity because unless we know who we are or how we work best even if we don't go to meditation or you know inner sure. depth of who we are uh, that's important even before I knew that much about meditation. So if you're not into it, it's it's fine too, you know. <laughs> so while, while reading up on your work and in your book as well, you mentioned that we should be timing our tasks. And you mentioned this a little, you know, when we were speaking mm-hmm. about this, that we should be we should be aware. But a little bit more about how is this useful and why should we time our tasks and mm-hmm. help uh, getting better? Yeah, you want to have a, a really crisp idea of how long it takes you to do things. Because there's also an element here of, do you need to be the one doing that task? Is it something that takes you so long that is it's not the best use of your time? And so maybe it's something that you can have outsourced to someone on your team or to a virtual assistant or to someone else. Just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should do it. And this is a very difficult lesson for people to learn because you think, oh, it'll just take me five minutes. It's fine. I'll just look up you know, this thing or I'll just do the spreadsheet or whatever it is. And yeah, you could do it. But then think about all the other things you couldn't do during that time frame that you're more well-suited to do. So for instance, like this, I'm the only one who could do this interview, right? You know, you wanted me to be on your show. Thank you very much. But I have to show up live. 
I have to be here. No one else on my team can do it, but they can do the other things that led up to this meeting, right? To be able to help with the scheduling and all of that. They helped us to do that. That's the best use of their time. It wasn't the best use of my time because I was doing other things like this. So to be able to look at where you are spending your time and what's, you know, the highest level of what you're doing, that helps too, because there might be tasks that you're doing that it doesn't need to be you and you're wasting a lot of time doing them. So to just, you know, be mindful of it. Don't judge yourself at first. Just sort of look and say, okay, this week, what tasks am I doing that maybe I don't need to be doing. They're sucking up all my day and I didn't get to these other things that were more important. Yeah, I think very well said. And, and it takes us back to something that we spoke about a few minutes ago that while we understand the sentiment behind all work is equal, but really speaking, all work is not equal. So, no. you know, there are, there are ways in which we can look at it and it takes different time, different priorities and there are some people who could do it far better than we could do so mm -hmm. that's also there. so fair enough a little bit into your tv background on how it helped uh, so so your background as a tv producer trained you on how to prioritize work and meet deadlines very well like you said you know a minute could be a long time in in tv but uh, what advice do you have for those wanting to learn on how to master deadlines right because tv is all about deadlines anything live is about deadlines in this show also sure a certain time we have to go live people are waiting and all that so what advice do you have for those who want to learn how to master deadlines well figure out your priority figure out what your priority is for that day for that minute you know what are the things that you really you absolutely have to do what is the most pressing you know and urgent and and important are not the same so you need to really have that in your mind of okay you know this is my priority for the day and even if you have to make a list another list of 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 what's most important on your to-do list or you know the three or two or one hopefully just one one big thing that if i got this done it's good for the morning let's say you know maybe you have a before lunch list and an after lunch list and you set those goals in those time frames and you know i interviewed a woman her name is Heidi Hanna, Dr. Heidi Hanna, and she has some some courses on LinkedIn learning as well. And I knew her from my days as a TV producer. She's a stress expert. And so I'd interview her all the time and I've interviewed her for both my books. And one of the things that she said was that she has a just enough list. And that list is pretty short, but she forces herself to make that short list because it's a list of things that what would be just enough if I just did these things today? that my clients would be happy, that my boss would be happy, that I'd be happy, my family would be okay. So it really forces you to think and to really streamline and focus what your priority is for the day. And I love it. And people often, you know, have said to me when they when they read my book, oh, we loved that tip. That's something that's really, really, we could do that. You know, that's something that you could do easily. Absolutely. I think I, I made a note of it that <laughs> years ago, I, I read about this not to-do list, right? So yes. Yeah, so this one is after many years, you know, just enough list. And, and we always get into this trap that, you know, not every day is going to be your best day, right? So yeah. you, you you need definitely a bare minimum that, okay, I'll get this done today. Quickly moving on, do you have any favorites? You know, this is slightly for the, you know, phone, mobile and app generation and everybody's in that now. So yeah. do you have any favorite apps that you recommend or or? Which ones do you use or what do you recommend? You know? 
Well, I still make my list by hand. You know, my regular everyday to-do list is right here next to me. I did it both when I worked in corporate America. Now that I work for myself, it sits, you too. Yes, it sits right here on my desk and I always know where it is. And it is how I make my list, you know, every, every single day. But I do also use digital lists as well because, you know, there's so much information that we need to keep track of that you want to remember. And so I think of apps almost like drawers, you know, where you're going to keep different things. So I keep different apps for different types of information. And I really like Clear. It's an app that's very, very, I mean, it's just minimal. It's very minimalistic, which I like very much because a lot of these apps try to do too much. They want to be on your calendar. They want to email you. They want. It's like, I just want to put some lists together. You know, I just want to remember what to get at the grocery store. Like, that's all I need to remember in that list, you know. So I don't keep my to-do list there, but I like that app for lists of things that I need to get. You know, if I need to go to the store or, or go shopping or whatever it is. That's a really good app for that. I also like Evernote. You know, I've had a love-hate relationship with Evernote for years because I first started to put everything in my life into Evernote and then I couldn't find anything. So now I'm very specific about what I put in there. Now I put gift ideas. So throughout the year, if I come up with, uh, I see an idea, a gift, I'm like, oh, that's such a cool idea. I love it. Let me save that. I save it into a folder in Evernote. And so then it's there. I know where to find it. And I do the same thing with trips. So I have lists in there for my packing list for the different trips or places. You know, when we used to leave the house and go on trips, like remember those days? <laughs> I, have a, I have all those for, you know, my business trips and then my vacations and all that. So I know where that is. And for me, it's, it's much more helpful in my mind to remember which apps have what kind of stuff, because then otherwise I forget where everything is. That's awesome. I, I, I've, I've, I've used Clear a little bit and loved it. Uh, right? I, I still went back to my pen and paper. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I do use AnyDo. That's another one which oh, is yes. uh, yeah, pretty good. But like you said, tries to do a lot, right? So at some point you feel that, you know, I don't need all this. I just need some digital version of my pen and paper. Uh, mm-hmm. That's broadly what you, what clear is, right? So, but uh, yeah, so for our audience, you know, uh, this is only a recommendation or suggestion, you know, up to you, you choose what works for you. Like uh, Paula earlier said that you figure out your own style and work. Uh, and your travel tip, you know, of course, reminded all of us of, you know, there was a time when we used to go <laughs> somewhere. And uh, it'll, many happen. Years... it'll happen again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very soon. But that reminded me of one, you know, productivity hack that I had is that I used to keep my packing list in the suitcase in my traveling suitcase. Ah. When I it is time to pack, it is there. You know, I don't have to look. Great. I can't and, and those kind of things. So such a good idea because it's a template. I mean, you usually take the same things. You know, at least generally, all of us when we were traveling, we would travel. A, you know, maybe it is a one day thing or a three day or maybe a longer. So right. those patterns, all of us had those patterns. Pretty much winding up towards the last um, question, you have a, a bit of a different take on self-care and mindfulness, which, which of course, a lot of us, like you said, you know, self-care is important, but mm-hmm. maybe not in the same way that everybody thinks about it. Mindfulness is important, but what are some non-conventional ways or what is your take on all of this? How can we take better care of ourselves? Any, any tips on that? 
Yeah, it doesn't have to be such a big deal. You know, I think people are just they they overcomplicate the idea of self-care and think that it has to be, you know, like I mentioned before, a huge ordeal, you know, hours long at the at the spot, which is awesome. And if you can do that, you should do it. But it could be little things throughout your day. Uh, I know someone who anytime someone cancels an appointment with her, she takes that time not to do more work, but to do something that she really likes. So maybe it's to watch, you know, a half hour of a show that she really loves or to call someone, you know, that she hasn't spoken to in a while or whatever it is that making making a list of those types of things. It's very important, too, because you want to have that go to list. You think you'll remember, oh, if I have free time, I'll know what to do with myself. You won't. You'll get on uh, social media and you'll start scrolling through and your half hour will be gone. So you want to make sure that you're very intentional about how you how you choose to recharge as well. And, you know, self-care is also about how you set up your schedule, you know, how much you allow to, to come in and out of your life, your boundaries. So, you know, how you, how, how many video calls you do in a day? Like, I understand it's draining. I mean, I love video. I've been doing video my entire career, but it takes a lot out of you. So you want to be able to be mindful of that. And I really, you know, after the first year of working for myself, I did an audit. And I said, you know what, let me look at how this past year went. What did I love and what did I not love so much and how can I change it? And one of the things was that I was opening my calendar from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., you know, Eastern time. And anybody who wanted to be on my calendar could just pick a time and just show up. I was not eating lunch. I didn't have enough time in between calls. I couldn't get any other work done in between. So now I'm very intentional about how I set up my schedule, what times of the day I do things. I have a lunch break. I do that very, very specifically because I know that's what I need. To be able to show up to this call and be the best possible version of myself, I need to do that. And that's self-care. It's just not what people would would typically think self-care is. So that's a very layman, you know, way of looking. And that's something that we can use, right? Otherwise, sometimes mindfulness and self-care becomes so, I would say, if I can use the word elitist, uh, yes. it, it kind of becomes too difficult to do. So it is it is so up there and on a, on a pedestal that yes. uh, uh, mere mortals uh, can't attempt it. So, <laughs> so thanks for simplifying it. Um, any closing comments or anything for our audience, you know, before I wrap up the show? Just go easy on yourself. You know, We're, we put so much pressure on ourselves to do and be. And I love that. You look, I'm an overachiever myself. But sometimes we have to take a step back and say, OK, what's going to be enough? What's just enough for today so that I feel good? And, you know, I make sure that I am taking care of myself because you don't want to just do more things. You want to be able to get the right things done. I think that that sums it up. Get the right things done. And productivity is, is anyway not uh, a one-day thing, right? So you, you, if not happy with where you are, you're not going to get better tomorrow itself. But you right. are get definitely it's possible to get better than today tomorrow, right? So it is, right? it's a work in day, progress. Yeah. Each day, and I keep saying about my manage better show as well that it is day by day, week by week, month by month. Mm-hmm. year by year. Paula, thanks very much for your time, of course. It has truly been a masterclass, you know, so I, I got as much as I wanted and much more from this session. And I, I, I like the fact that we are done in about half an hour to 40 minutes, which is uh, even better, right? So Very efficient, yes. <laughs> a few, you know, words for my audience. So 
those of you who are of course regular subscribers you know about this this will be live on youtube uh, this was live on youtube and linkedin and facebook also this time and uh, you can see the recordings there as well later on on of course a uh, audio version usually comes out after a week or so with some editing and slightly uh, crisper content so look out for that on all the popular podcast players and i will of course put it up on our own linkedin post for with links and once again thank you paula of course thank you